0: Welcome to This Climate Business, the podcast about turning the climate crisis into an opportunity. I'm Vincent Herringer. Every week I talk to entrepreneurs, investors and experts about what they're doing to solve the climate crisis and get New Zealand down to zero emissions by 2050 or sooner. This Climate Business is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I'm having a break from interviewing people, but don't fear, I have a special treat, a book review, specifically a review of a book that I found amazing and has got my head spinning. If its central argument is true, then there's great hope that our current form of capitalism has everything it needs to solve the climate and ecological crisis. If it's mistaken, then I hate to think what trajectory we're on. The book is called More From Less by Andrew McAfee, an economist and research scientist at MIT and the co-founder of the MIT Initiative on the Digital Economy. McAfee rose to fame in 2008 with his book The Second Machine Age, which predicted the rise of automation as a leading as leading into the second industrial revolution. It's fair to say that McAfee is a darling of Silicon Valley, much lauded for his optimistic view of the future and a belief in the power of technology for good. His TED talk on the future of jobs uh, future of jobs, spoiler alert, robots are not taking your jobs, or at least they are taking on the crappy jobs and creating better ones has received received more than 4.7 million views. He's a sought-after commentator, and his books are highly rated by the likes of the Washington Post and Wall Street Journal. His latest book, published late last year, has the full title, More From Less, The Surprising Story of How We Learn to Prosper Using Fewer Resources and What Happens Next. It's a long title, and it's the result of many years of work studying the impact of technology on resource use. McAfee, not one to be shy, claims that he's discovered what what he's calling humanity's big surprise. Are you ready for it? The surprise is that we can not only grow our economy through conventional capitalism, but that we can simultaneously reduce our impact on the natural world. It's the miracle of green growth, if you like. Golly, that sounds good. And he makes a compelling case. I do hope he's right. But as we'll soon see there's good reason for doubt in fact he may be incredibly wrong so let's take a look at his argument It goes something like this since the industrial revolution humans have experienced an embarrassment of riches thanks to the power of fossil fuels machinery that replaces the sweat of our brow and application of human ingenuity we have massively increased food production connected far-flung places of the globe Conquered disease, smashed poverty, discovered, amongst other things, the electric guitar. As a result, humans live longer, live better, have been breeding exponentially, and are enjoying untold riches compared to generations past. In other words, we have finally escaped the Malthusian trap, the grim phenomenon predicted in in 1792 by the Reverend Thomas Malthus, in which populations grow, reach their natural limits, and then collapse. These days, poor Malthus is a laughing stock. His dire warning of the future for humanity turned out to be very wrong indeed. As McAfee correctly points out, that's not entirely fair because prior to the Industrial Revolution, humanity's experience of population growth was entirely Malthusian, a sort of pendulum of prosperity and penury, growth followed by collapse. However, even as Malthus was drawing the ink on his manuscript, James Watt was demonstrating his fan machine, the steam engine. The transformation in human experience was miraculous. In just 200-odd years, we've gone from scrambling around in the mud with a horse and cart to vaccines, space travel, and talking books. Rather than overcrowded hellholes predicted by Malthus, our cities are ever-expanding centres of culture and longevity. Mind you, did I hear you say COVID? Well, we'll come back to that. So it's all good for humanity, right? Yes, but there's a but. A big but. That human progress has come at a cost. We're depleting the world's resources at a rapid pace. Ever since Watts' engines hit the skids, we've been chopping wood, digging coal, burning oil, killing whales, shooting tigers, laying waste to forests, poisoning our waterways and raping the oceans like a species hell-bent on destruction. Other species destruction, that is. The crisis has become so severe that we're responsible now for triggering the sixth mass extinction and warming the planet like it's a Swedish sauna. Humans' relentless pursuit of more, more money, more things, more land, more food, more growth, it seems like bad news for the rest of the planet. At this rate, we're going to use up all the natural resources and destroy the very planet we're standing on. So far, well, that's so uncontested what I've described as pretty standard fare in most textbooks, and accepted wisdom by anyone who's bothered even reading the Lorax. Those who disagree with us are either in denial or delusional. Or they are Andrew McAfee. McAfee argues that the evidence from America shows we are now dematerializing. That is, we're using fewer resources year after year and treading ever more lightly on the planet. Let me read from the book this book this is a quote from page two this book shows that we've started getting more from less and it tells how we've reached this critical milestone the strangest aspect of this story is that we didn't make many radical course changes to eliminate the trade-off between human prosperity and planetary health instead we've just got a whole lot better at doing the things we were already doing The twin forces of tech progress and capitalism unleashed during the industrial era seemed to be impelling us in one direction, or it seemed to be impelling us in one direction, that of increasing human population and consumption while degrading our planet. By the time of the first Earth Day Festival in 1970, it was obvious to many that these two forces would push us into doom, since we couldn't continue to abuse our planet indefinitely. But what actually happened? something completely different which is the subject of this book as I will show this is McAfee writing as I'll show capitalism continued um, as I'll show capitalism continued and spread but tech progress changed we invented the computer the internet and a suite of other digital technologies that let us dematerialize our consumption over time they allowed us to consume more and more while taking less and less from the planet this happened because digital technologies offered the cost savings that come from substituting bits for atoms and the intense cost pressures of capitalism caused companies to accept this offer over and over think for example how many devices have been replaced by your cell phone end of quote at the core of McAfee's argument is is his analysis of the US economy He claims that U.S. consumption of resources has remained steady or even declined since the 1980s, while GDP has continued to rise. In other words, the United States is dematerializing thanks to increasing efficiency in technology and a shift towards services. That same thing has been happening in other high-income nations, he says. This proves that green growth can be achieved. Rich countries are showing the way and the rest of the world will follow. So let's look at that smartphone of his. How many physical objects has the smartphone replaced? He counts as many as 20. A radio, compass, calculator, camera, tape recorder, a clock, telephone, pedometer and so on. The smartphone is a metaphor for a much bigger phenomenon. The phenomenon of dematerialization using fewer atoms to achieve the same or even larger result. Now, McAfee is no slouch. And he lists sector after sector where, despite its relentless growth in GDP, the USA is now starting to curb or reduce its use of resources. Here are some examples. Metals. After steady growth from 1900, the consumption of key industrial metals such as aluminium, nickel, copper, steel and gold has fallen since 2000. What about agriculture? Well, again, fertiliser, water and land use have all fallen more than 20% since the year 2000 yet american and yet yet america is producing more and more food than ever construction stone cement sand gravel and timber peaked in 2007 and now falling and finally the all-important energy sector where the bulk of u.s carbon's emissions are found despite the economy growing at 15 percent energy consumption peaked in 2008 and fell two percent by 2017. McAfee's conclusion: America has reached peak stuff. We're now doing more with less, all thanks to a non-toxic combination of technology, technological progress, and profit-driven capitalism. As one reviewer writes, "This is a striking claim, and it's no surprise that it's garnered attention from a number of high-profile commentators and policymakers." More from less received exuberant endorsements from the writer Stephen Pinker, the European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde and the economist Larry Summers, plus CEOs, bankers and a number of Silicon Valley celebrities. They love this book. If he's correct, the implications are profound. For one thing, the doomsayers of the environmental movement are probably wrong. Since Earth Day first started in 1970, The environmental movement has been dominated by those who call for an end to profit-driven capitalism. Endless economic growth and her handmaiden capitalism are the problem, not the solution. Writing in her book Donut Economics, Kate Raworth describes the endless drive for greater GDP as the equivalent to cancer, a growth that will eventually kill its host. McAfee profoundly disagrees. He says dematerialization, or as it's sometimes called decoupling, is a miracle, and that it's been delivered by the four horsemen of the optimist technology progress, profit driven capitalism, good government, and public awareness. The combination of these four has conspired to improve the world, he says. So, what are we to make of McAfee's optimism? He's not alone. He's one of a group of often Silicon Valley-based optimists whose faith in market and technology solutions knows no bounds. They draw from the world dug by author Ray Kurzweil, whose books The Age of Spiritual Machine and The Singularity point to a happy future where machines and humans reach a benign state of unity for the benefit of the globe. In this future... Poverty and diseases are ended, along with environmental destruction and war, in a vision of hope that borrows as much from Christian eschatology as it does from Moore's law of computational computing. I must admit, I'm sceptical, for at least two reasons. First, I'm not so convinced that capitalism and technology have combined for our ultimate good. Yes, there's endless examples of human progress you can point to. And who am I to complain? I'm sitting here with my glass of cheap Merlot and a $500 Mac that has more computing power than the space shuttle. But capitalism and technology have also combined to bring us other things. Nuclear weapons, the AK-47, the enormous disparity of wealth and that small problem of climate change. Right now, parts of the Arctic Circle are experiencing record heat waves and yet another visceral example of what excess coal, oil, gas and methane have done to our atmosphere. The culprits for all the benefits that they claim are markets and capitalism. And how about that COVID? Just when we thought that globalisation and open markets made us bulletproof, a simple virus has reduced the globe back to 19th century borders and nights with the jigsaw puzzle. To argue argue that we just need a bit more capitalism, or at least just the right kind of capitalism, reminds me of those sad people I used to meet in pubs wearing Che Guevara badges who'd argued passionately that what Soviet Russia really needed was proper communism, not that particular kind of Stalinism that they ended up with. Capitalism in its current form is broken. It will not deliver the pace and the scale of change we need to deliver a climate and ecological rescue. And second, there's something horribly missing from McAfee's maths. It's so blindingly obvious that I thought that I was missing something until I read a critique this week in the fine journal Foreign Affairs. It confirmed my hunch. All of McAfee's figures are based on the US economy, which since the 1980s has been steadily outsourcing its manufacturing to other parts of the globe. As Jason Hickel writes in Foreign Affairs, McAfee's argument is based on a fundamental accounting error, and I quote from Jason's article, McAfee uses data on domestic material consumption, which tallies up the resources that a nation extracts and consumes each year. But this metric ignores a crucial piece of the puzzle. While it includes the imported goods a country consumes, it does not include the resources involved in extracting, producing and transporting those goods. Because the United States and other rich countries have offshored so much of their production to poorer countries over the past 40 years, that side of resource use has been conveniently shifted off their books. The review continues. In other words, what looks like green growth is really just an artifact of globalization. Given how much the US economy relies on offshore production, McAfee's data cannot be legitimately compared to the US GDP and it cannot be used to make claims about dematerialization. The review finishes like this. Ecological economists have been aware of this problem for a long time. To correct for it, they use a more holistic metric called raw material consumption, which fully accounts for trade. When we look at this data, which is really ava- readily available from the United Nations, the story changes completely. We see the total resource use in the United States hasn't been falling at all, in fact, it has been rising more or less exactly in line with GDP. The same is true of all other major industrial economies, including the European Union and the OECD as a group. There has, in fact, been zero dematerialization. There is no green growth. It was all an illusion of accounting. The article ends there. Oh, damn. Damn, damn, damn. I'm hoping that McAfee has a really good response to this critique. I'm hoping that my lifestyle of endless consumption and gradual shift to smart technologies like e-bikes and e-cars and e-everything will save the planet. I'm really hoping that the future is a glorious transition to a high-growth, low-impact economy. I have a terrible, nagging feeling McAfee is wrong. More From Less, the surprising story about how we learn to prosper using fewer resources and what happens next was produced by Andrew McAfee and it's published by Simon & Schuster, 2019. You can check out the links to the book. I've also put a link to McAfee's TED Talk there, which is really good and interesting, and also some reviews to the book. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye for now. In e nō Thanks for listening to This Climate Business. I hope you enjoyed the programme. There are more episodes as well as notes and blogs on our website, thisclimatebusiness.com. I'm Vincent Herringer, and if you know someone who deserves to be interviewed on our show, email me, vincent, at thisclimatebusiness.com, or find me on Twitter, vheringer. That's two E's, one R. Meanwhile, I'll be back same time next week. and e No